0: Welcome to the Riverside Church podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Uh, We're going to continue the conversation that we had on Sunday about perspective. Everybody say perspective. Uh, We talked about the kingdom perspective. First of all, who enjoyed that message this past Sunday? Can we give that message a hand clap? We talked about perspective and perspective is very important because perspective is quite literally how you view your life Uh, it's the lens that you view life through Um, has anybody ever tried to take a picture with the camera like an actual camera not your phone but like an actual camera with a bad lens like it doesn't matter how good of a scenery you're trying to take if the lens is messed up the picture is going to look messed up right And so that's really what we have when we have our perspective. It's the lens we view life through. And sometimes it's not that our lives are messed up. It's that our lens is messed up. And even though we have a life that's worth uh, really giving God praise for, because our lens, the perspective that we view life through is messed up, we look at our life and we say, man, uh, look at all the problems I have, look at all the issues I have, but really, through the perspective that we have, that God gave us, the kingdom perspective. Again, you know, man, I'm thankful that I have Jesus on the inside of me. I'm thankful that I know that my life is secured. And so we learn about perspective, and, and that's really what we view things through. And so really, the thief of joy isn't life's problems. The thief of joy is our perspective. Because uh, you can have some, some of the happiest people I know, seems like they have, the, have a lot of problems. But, it's, but then they have the, the right perspective, and that's why they have the joy because they know that it doesn't matter what's against them. Greater is he that is for them and greater is he that's on the inside of them. They have that perspective. And then that's when you can say it doesn't matter what life throws at me. My peace stays the same. It doesn't matter what life throws at me. My confidence stays the same. Why? Because my confidence is in Jesus. Amen. So we're going to jump into the word tonight. We're going to jump into 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 11. A little context about this is that this is the nation of Israel. They are under attack um, by the Syrians, um, and they, they are uh, really being besieged. And, um, but the advantage they had is that they had a man of God, the prophet Elisha, praying on their behalf. Can I just say this? The, the prayers of the church can save a nation don't ever stop praying for our nation. Don't ever stop praying for our country. Because this what Scripture shows is that one man's prayers turned everything around. So never stop praying for the nation that we're a part of. Amen? And so... Elisha was praying for Israel and as he would pray for Israel God would give Elisha insight and he would give them insight to the battle plans of Syria and then Elisha would tell the king of Israel uh, the battle plans and then the king of Israel would then maneuver uh, around what Elisha told them and then Israel even though Israel was outnumbered even though they didn't have the strength because they had the right perspective and insight They were able to have victory. And so this was really frustrating, the king of Syria. And this is where we pick up in verse 11. It says, therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? He was saying, which of y'all is the mole and the spy? Because obviously this guy knows something. But they said in verse 12, and one of his servants said, none, my lord. O king but elisha the prophet who is in israel tells the king of israel the words that you speak everybody say speak it says the words that you speak in your bedroom hello be careful what you say what you think is in private okay because god hears everything verse 13 so we say go and see where he is and that i may sin and get him and i and it was told him saying surely he is in Dothan." Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded, everybody say surrounded, they surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear. Everybody say, do not fear. He said, do not fear for those who are with us, are more than those who are with them. come on give jesus a shout of praise if you know you'll never be outnumbered and elisha prayed and said lord i pray open his eyes that he may see then the lord opened the eyes of the young man and Esau, and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around elisha come on give jesus a hand clap of praise if you know that it doesn't matter what we're surrounded by god always has the victory so what we're going to talk about tonight is a viewpoint for victory a viewpoint for victory let's let's pray together Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house, God. We thank you that you are leading this service, Father. We thank you, God, for your anointing. We thank you for your spirit. God, we thank you, Father, that we are just putting everything at your feet. We surrender it all tonight, God. All, God, our issues, our problems, our worries, the weights, God, we put it at your feet right now. And when we say, God, let us take on the perspective that comes from your eyes. Let us take on the perspective that comes, God, from your spirit. God, let us not be so held down by our humanity, held down by our fears, held down by our worries that we can't see the promises that is around us that we can't see the protection that you have over us god give us your perspective tonight father lead this service tonight and god we just want more of you father tonight less of us and more of you we love you jesus and everybody says amen amen come give jesus a hand clap of praise tonight and y'all can be seated thank y'all for standing in honor of reading god's word tonight when I was um, preparing for tonight and looking and really trying to play this scripture as a movie in my mind and kind of seeing this, this, this battle take place and, and how the nation of Israel, despite all odds, because they were having insight, because God was giving them insight, they were o- able to overcome the Syrian army and looking how they were able to defeat them in battle. And, and as I was looking at, at how the battle was going to take place, if you're a commander or if you're a general in army, one of the rules that they have when they are leading their army into battle is that instead of the commander or the general going to the front lines and fighting the battle, what you will see is that the, the, the person giving the orders, instead of them going to the front lines, they will instead uh, seek a tactical position to have the correct perspective of the battle. And mostly what you would see is that the commander would try to find a, a perspective of high elevation far above the battle. That way they could have the correct perspective of what is going on. And so that way they could relay the correct directions to the army. Because if, imagine if the commander was in the front lines fighting with his people on the right and on his left. If you are in the front lines of the battle, sometimes it can seem like you're losing. Sometimes it could seem like, man, we we are not making ground, but if you have the correct perspective and see the big picture of what's going on, then you realize, hey, no, we're actually seeing, we're making advancement here, and we're doing good things there. Maybe where you are, you don't see it, but if you take the correct perspective, you can see it. And really, that's what the commanders would do. That's what the generals would do. They would go in a high place of elevation, see the battle taking place, and say, I see these guys on the front lines. It looks like the enemy's trying to flank on the right, so I'm going to move them over here. And they would begin to maneuver their army from the right perspective so that way they could have victory. And so that's what a commander and general do. They would try their best to have the correct perspective of the battle. But there is know or have ever been a, a general or commander that could have a good of a perspective as God does. God has the greatest perspective of what's going on in our life than anybody else ever could. That is why we trust what God says, not because we don't think he doesn't see what's going on the front lines because he does, not because we don't think he doesn't understand what we're going through because he does. No, because he sees it from a perspective that we can't. He sees it from a perspective saying, I see you on the front lines. I see what you're going through. I see what what you're trying to get through. I see the worry and the fear, but hold on because I see the big picture. I see the perspective, and I'm going to give you the correct orders to maneuver. That is why we trust what God says. Imagine if God had the same perspective we did. right? Why would we trust what God is directing us? But we know that God's ways are above our ways. He says his thoughts are way above our thoughts. So that's why we trust what he says. Because he is truly our commander in faith, right? He's the general of our purpose. So if there's somebody I want to trust with my life, it's Jesus Christ. If there's somebody I want to trust giving me orders in battle, it's the commander God, right, who is in heaven, seeing the correct perspective. And so what what I want us to do tonight is to think in that mindset of saying, God, let me see things not through my humanity, not through my, my small really not being able to see beyond perspective. But God, let me begin to see things the way you do so that way I can have insights. You see, that's what Elisha did. Elisha, even though the nation of Israel was outnumbered and outgunned by this nation of Syria, because he had the correct insights, they were able to defeat them in battle. And God wants to do the same thing for us. The battles that we are going through, the questions that we have, the things that we are wondering, God has the correct direction for it from the perspective that he has. All we have to do is say, God, let me not be blinded by my flesh, but God, let me see in the spirit. Let me see the the way that you do, God. I want to take on your perspective. Come on, one more time. Everybody say perspective. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And so we're going to go back to 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, verse 14, where it says this. It says, therefore, he sent horses. It says, the, the king of Syria, he sent horses and chariots and a great army. And they came there, and they came by night and surrounded. Everybody say, surrounded. They surrounded the city, verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding. Come on, one more time. Everybody say, surrounding surrounding the city with horses and chariots, and his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So for the context of the scripture, Thotham was a city that was in the middle of of. Really at the in the valley of, of a bunch of hills surrounding the city. So this city is in the valley. There's hills all around it. So when it says that the, the army was surrounding the city, quite literally it looked like a hopeless scenario. Quite literally, it looked like that they, they were outnumbered, they were outgunned. The the servant of Prophet Elijah said, Why are they sitting this army? It's just two guys, like we're surrounded, there's no way we can get through this. It looked like a hopeless situation. It looked like the odds were stacked against. It looked like there was no way out. And I know there's times in our lives where we can, like it says, sometimes for some reason, sometimes it's like in the morning time, we wake up and we feel like we're surrounded by our to do list. Amen surrounded by all the things I get done today, surrounded, thinking about all the bills that need to be paid, surrounded by all all the issues, by all the worries and say, God, it seems like I'm outmanned. It seems like I'm outgunned. It seems like I have been surrounded by the enemy and that there's no hope of victory. But can I just encourage you with this, that we serve a God that is greater than any problem We serve a God that is stronger than any giants. We serve a God that is more powerful than any disease or sickness. We serve a God that it doesn't matter what is coming against us, that he is greater. It doesn't matter how hopeless it may seem. If we have the name of Jesus on our lips, there is hope in his name. That's the type of God that we serve. But this servant of the prophet, he was looking around, and all he saw were problems. And he began to just focus on what was against him, and he totally forgot what was for him. I think that if there's a problem that we have is that we love glorifying our problems way more than we glorify the blessings that God gave us. We love glorifying all the little things that's wrong with life. We love glorifying every problem that we have. We love saying, look at the issue I had today. Oh, let me tell you about what so-and-so said to me today. Oh, let me tell you about all the worries I have today. And we don't even begin to think about the blessings that God gave us that day. And all we do is glorify our problems. No matter, That makes sense why you're so stressed out? Because that's all you talk about is how stressed you are. People come up, man, I'm so stressed out. Look at all these things. Why am I so stressed? Because you, you love talking about how stressed you are. That's why. You love talking about how busy you are. You love talking about how way down you are. No matter you're stressed out. You're not giving yourself a chance. But if you have that perspective, you say, you know what, I don't want to glorify what's against me. I want to give praise to who's for me and what he's doing in my life. Because if you take the perspective from God, if you take right from God's eyes, he's saying, look, I don't know what you're talking about because I saved you from death. I gave you breath in your lungs. Hey, guess what? You're not going to hell. And guess what? you got the power of, of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And yet all you can talk about is how your coworker Jenny was mean to you yesterday. <laughs> Are, you're missing. You have the wrong perspective. You're, you're missing what God is doing for the problems that you have, and that's why sometimes it can feel like we're surrounded, not because we are, but it's because that's all we talk about, because all we talk about is how all, how all these things are stacked against me. All we talk about, oh, have you seen the economy? All we talk about is, man, I don't know what's going to happen in 2024, right? All we talk about is the worries and the fears and what's going wrong, and it makes us feel surrounded, but I would, what I've learned is this, is is that when we begin to shift our perspective and say, God, instead of me pointing out what's wrong, let me give you praise for what's right. Instead of me focusing on all the wrong things, let me say, God, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you that I have a roof over my head. Thank you that I'm a part of a church that loves me. Thank you, God, that My family is is for me. Thank you for all the things that you are doing. And when we begin to have the right perspective, now all of a sudden, it doesn't feel like we're surrounded anymore. Because we're seeing all the things that God is doing for us. Like instead of looking at your spouse and picking out all the things they do wrong. Because if you do that, let me me tell you this, nobody's perfect. So if you look for the wrong things, you're going to find them. If you look for, for things to complain about, you're going to find them. Nobody's perfect. And if all you do all day is look at the things that they do wrong, by the end of the day, you're going to say, man, my, my spouse needs prayer, right? My spouse needs Jesus. But if you flip it around, instead of looking for the things they do wrong, and you begin to look for the things they do right, by the end of the day, you're going to say, well, how, look how blessed I am. Look at what they do. Look at how much they... They, they do clean well. They do whatever it is. They look, begin to say about the good things they do. And then tell you by the end of the day, you be like, man, I got it right. Right? I, Thank you, God, for, for my spouse. But it's all about having the right perspective. What I've also heard, too, about perspective or people saying, picking out all the things that's wrong with life, they say, well, I can't help it. I'm just a pessimistic person. It's my personality. Like, I can't help it. I, I, I'm just a critical person. It's my, it's my personality. I just can't help it. Well, let me speak to this real quick, okay, if that's, if that's you in the house. God did not create you to be pessimistic. God did not create you to have a personality that picks the flaws in individuals instead of picking out what is good on the inside of them. God did not create you to say, hey, you know what, I'm creating so and so, and they're going to be a complainer, they're going to be pessimistic, and that's how I want to no, know. God did not create you that way. But here's the thing I don't think, really, in reality, you have a pessimistic personality. I think you have a pessimistic perspective. I, I don't think it has anything about who you are. On the inside, or how God created I think it has everything how you are looking at things and saying through the lens that you're looking at through life. But here's what I love about Jesus is that if that's you tonight and you're saying, well, Pastor Caleb, I've been pessimistic my whole life. Well, let me encourage you with something. That might be true before Jesus, but after Jesus, you are now a new creation. So don't let the enemy try to tell you, you will always be critical. You will always be glass half full. You will always be the person who walks into the room and says, oh, today was good, but it's going to get bad. And that means if things are good, it means something's going to go wrong, you know. That's just how my life is. Instead of being that person, you're going to say, you know what, I'm thankful for today. I'm thankful for what God has given me. And I'm going to come into this situation, not picking out what's wrong, but say, God, thank you for what's going right thank you for what you've done in my life. God makes us a new creation. That's what Romans 12.2 says. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Everybody say conform. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, this world we live in, I don't know if you noticed it. Maybe you need to turn on the news channel if you have. This world loves being pessimistic. This world loves sowing worry. Why? Because that's what gets attention. That's what gets the ads right. That's what, that's what brings in people when they say, hey, if, how can we make this situation look as bad as possible? That's how the world operates. But that's not how we should operate. We should operate saying, hey, I know this world is broken. That's why we are here, to help it along the way. I I know that things aren't going to be perfect, but that's why we're here. So that way we can sow hope. That way we can go out and be part of the solution, not complain about the problem, not say, look at all the things going on, but saying, God, how can I be led by you so I can begin to make a difference in this world? This world is pessimistic, but you and I... By the gift that Jesus has given us, we don't have to be. And when this servant, he looked around the city and Dothan and he saw that he was surrounded and he looked at Elisha. He said, Elisha, he said, alas. He said, what shall we do? Let me say it in today's language. He said, master, we are, we're dead. Like, you know, <laughs> master, can we like dig a hole and hide under like?" I'll give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight. The servant said, what shall we do? Notice that he already gave up. He didn't say, master, we can take him. Why? Because the God of Israel is on our side. He didn't say that. He didn't say, master, guess what? I I know that we can take him because I've seen miracle after miracle. You got to remember, Elisha has already seen so many miracles take place in his life to this point. But the servant didn't remember none of that. All he did was look at his situation and say, hey, life is hopeless. We need to give up. He didn't have the perspective that God was formed. He didn't have the perspective that victory was possible. He didn't have that perspective. His perspective was saying the battle was already lost. Point number one for tonight is this, is that a pessimistic perspective will make faith seem Pointless. When you have a pessimistic perspective, you will say, what is the point of even believing God to do more? What's the point? Or what's the point for me to even believe that I'm going to see my children be saved? What's the point of me even believing and having faith that I'm going to see healing? What's even the point? Why? Because I've seen too many things go wrong. I don't think anything's ever going to go right. And you have this pessimistic perspective. And now all of a sudden, even calling upon the name of Jesus seems pointless. All of a sudden, now even praying about what is going on seems pointless because you have looked at things through such a pessimistic perspective. That you're saying it's always going to be like this. You're saying we already lost. You're saying it's already over. You're saying there's no way that we can come out on the other side of this. And you're saying, what's the point? So I believe that there's a battle going on right now for our perspective. Because the enemy knows that if he can just change the way we look at things, and if he can just affect the way we see things, he won't even have to really fight against us. All he would have to do is convince us that we are losing, convince us that we've already lost, and now all of a sudden, before the battle has even started, we give up. At the first sign of trouble, we give up. At the first sign of seeming like things are going against him, we give up. And we're saying, oh, here we go again. Here we go again, God, things are going wrong. Here we go again, now things aren't going my way. Oh, here we go again. And now you begin to be so pessimistic, now you can't even remember the last time you prayed to God for things to turn around. You can't even remember the last time you prayed for God for a breakthrough in your marriage. You can't even remember the last time you prayed to God for, for, to touch your son and daughter who seemed far away from God. You can't even remember the last time because from the way you see things, it's already a losing battle. And the enemy knows that if he can get us to see things through that perspective, he doesn't even have to fight us. We'll just give up and say it's over. Things are stacked against me. And if you have that perspective, victory is going to seem impossible. Victory is going to seem like it's so far away. There's no way. There's no use for me to pray. There's no use for me to even try. There's no use because the way that we see things from our humanity, it's going to seem like there's no way. But if we have that perspective, we're always going to feel like we're losing. But if we have the perspective and say, you know what, I see how things are, but I also know who God is. You know what, I I see that things are going wrong. I I feel surrounded, but I know that God is for me. You know, I, I see things that have been accumulated. But you know what? From my perspective, things don't seem like it's going right. But I know I'm not relying on my perspective. I'm not relying on how I see things. I'm not relying on my humanity. I'm saying, God, what I see doesn't seem right. But, God, I think that I don't walk by sight, but I walk by faith. So I believe that I am going to see my marriage be transformed. I believe that I will see my children come into church. I believe that I will see things come to pass. Why? because I'm not giving up on this battle because the enemy wants you to give up because he knows if you fight you'll win the enemy knows that if you manage this have faith you're going to see victory but if you give up that's the only way he's going to win so that's why he's so focused that's why there's a battle for your perspective that's why there's a battle for your mind that's where there's a battle for how you see things because he knows that the only chance he has against you is you giving up that's his only chance because if you begin to see things the way God sees things and stand up in your identity, he knows he has no chance. He, he knows that there's no way he's gonna win. He knows that there's no he knows that there's no stopping you once you see things the way God wants you to see them. That's why there's a fight for your perspective. And that's why having your perspective be renewed by the Holy Spirit is so important. But I know that. If we just have that perspective and say, no matter what, I have victory in Jesus Christ. No matter what, I know who is for me is greater than those against me. We're going to see the battle be won in Jesus. That we're not fighting for victory, but from victory. Because we know that Jesus has already won the battle. Amen. Come on, if you know of victory in the name of Jesus, give him a shout of praise tonight. So listen to how Elisha responds to his servants. So he answered, he said, do not fear, for those who are with us, everybody say, with us, are more than those who are with them. Say, with them. Say, those who are with us are more than those who are for them. Now, if you're looking at things through your human perspective, the way that the servant was looking at things, that would seem like the farthest thing away from the truth, right? I'm sure that servant was like, uh, uh, you're crazy. Okay, simple math is this, two Against like 10,000, all right? So no, you're li- you've finally gone off the edge, Elisha, right? You're crazy. But if we look at things through our humanity, we're always going to seem surrounded and outnumbered. The enemy's going to convince us that he's bigger than us, that he's stronger than us, more powerful than us, that he has us outnumbered. Really, the greatest tactic that the enemy has is making him seem bigger than what he really is. That's really his only tactic. It's just trying to convince you that he's bigger and badder than you are, trying to convince you that he's bigger and better than anything that God can do for you. That's really the only thing that he can do is try to make himself bigger than what he really is. That's the only tactic that he has is trying to intimidate you into giving up. Scripture even says that when Lucifer, when he rebelled against God in heaven, right, it says one-third of the angels went with him, but two-thirds stayed. So simple math says to me that even when people are like, oh, the enemy's attacking me. There's so many demons against me. Simple math says to me, hey, guess what? We have them outnumbered. They don't outnumber us. We got them outnumbered two to one. We got them so much outnumbered and outpowered. They're trying to convince you that greater, that there's less than for us. When in reality, scripture says we at least got them outnumbered two to one. So when the enemy tries to convince you that there's no way out, that he has you surrounded by his demons and by his power, you say, no, I know who's for me, and I know you're outnumbered, I know you're already lost. So you can't fool me, devil. You can't try to tell me that you're bigger than what you really are. I know you're beneath my feet. I know you've been defeated. I know that there's no way that you can overcome what God is doing on the inside of me. Amen. In verse 17, it says, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open. Everybody say open. Open Open his eyes that he may see. That's really the prayer of what tonight is. Say, God, open my eyes. Everybody say open my eyes. (laughs) God, open my eyes. I don't want to see things through this pessimistic perspective no more I don't want to see things through a perspective of defeat anymore I don't want to see things through my insecurities and and through my fear and make up all these problems that aren't really there and make up all this drama that doesn't exist and have all these insecurities and you're your viewing life saying oh man everybody's against me nobody likes me uh, well, should, I'm gonna be alone my whole life and you have this perspective and you're blind by your insecurities by your fear by your worries But God wants to open your eyes tonight. God wants to open your eyes to your situation and begin to realize that what God has on the inside of you and who is for you is so much greater than what's against you. That God has built so much strength, that God has so much power, that all we have to do is say, God, just let me see from your perspective. I don't want to be lost in my defeated and my insecure perspective. Because really what that servant let happen is that he let his problems blind him from what God's power really was. He looked around and he was blinded by the problems. He was blinded by the enemy. He He was saying, look at all the things surrounding me. There's no way we get out of this. Look at all the things against me. There's no way we're going to get out of this. And we are blinded by our problems. We can say, look at all the problems around me. Look at all the bills that need to be paid. Look at all the things that have to be done. We are surrounded, and you feel blinded by our problems. But God wants to open your eyes and begin to see, really, who's for me is greater than what's against me. Really, I see what I saw problems before. Now I see solutions now because Jesus gives me the perspective To see things that look like they are failing and losing and say, as long as I got Jesus on the inside of me, I'm going to see victory in the name of Jesus. I'm going to see this come through in the name of Jesus. I'm going to see the answer come through. So we can't be blinded by our problems. Instead, we say, God, open my eyes. And in verse 17, it says, then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around. Come on, say all around all around Elisha the servant was looking and he saw through his own humanity that they were surrounded by the enemy but when his eyes were opened by God what he really saw is that he wasn't surrounded but God had the enemy surrounded that really God was the one who had them outnumbered against the enemy that really God was the one who had victory and when he opened his eyes when he felt surrounded by the enemy through the new perspective even though nothing changed on the outside Everything changed on the inside. Even though all the problems remain, the perspective changed, and now he saw that there is a solution, that there is going to be victory, that I really do have power. It doesn't matter the problems, I got what is for me, and his name is Jesus. The God of Israel is for us, and he saw from God's perspective. At times, we can look around and begin to feel outmatched and outgun but when our eyes are truly opened by God when our eyes are truly open to God's perspective we can say wow i'm not outnumbered i'm on the winning side wow i don't have problems too big my god is bigger than every problem i will ever ever face wow i'm not really i'm not really so defeated, and low as I thought, I'm a child of God. I have Christ on the inside of me. I know that promises are in front of me. Things aren't over yet. Matter of fact, victory is, to, is in my tomorrow. When our perspective changes, it gives us that advantage. That's point two for tonight, is that God's perspective, everybody say perspective, God's perspective gives us the advantage. I believe that What God wants us to do when he opens our eyes is not just to look around and say, wow, but to look around and say, you know what, God? Now I see what needs to be done. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do it now. Now I see from your perspective, so I'm not going to be held down by fear and worries no longer. Now I see things differently now. And although the problems may not have changed, my perspective did. And when my perspective changes, it changes the way I see things. It changes the way I view things. It changes the way how I begin to comprehend things. Really, when your perspective changes, it should change everything. Come on, someone say everything. It should change everything. When you take on a kingdom perspective, it should change everything that you look at. When you take on a perspective how God is showing us to see things, it should change everything in how you view it. It should change how you view your marriage. It should change how you view your business. It should change how you view your life. It should change everything. Because now you're saying instead of me having a lens of fear, I have a lens of faith. And now I begin to see things how God wants me to see them. And now it changes. Now, you know what? Before I looked at my marriage and I thought my marriage was crumbling. Now I look at my marriage and say, know what, no, God, you can restore. God, know what, you can bring things into light. Know what, God, you can transform my life. And when you have that correct perspective, it changes your life. You become that person who you used to be annoyed by. For all you pessimistic people in the house. you That person who walks in and doesn't matter what's going on in their day, they're like, you know, they're walking around, they know who they are in Christ, they know, they, they walk in, they're so, you know, uh, always talking in such a positive way. And you're like, man, that guy's just annoying. I don't know, what, what's that guy's problem? He acts like he has it all together, you know. But no, he has the right perspective. That doesn't mean he doesn't have problems. That means he knows who he is. He knows that he has God on the inside of him. He knows that it doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to form against him, the weapon doesn't matter, whatever the lie is. He knows the truth. And when you have that perspective, it changes everything. And now you become that person who you never thought you could be. Now you're positive all the time. Now you're saying, you know what? You know, things maybe aren't going perfect, but I thank God that he has given me a new day. I thank God that he's providing me each and every day. I I thank you, Jesus, for giving me breath. Every breath I take is a blessing. I thank you, God, that you're just giving me time after time. I thank you, Father, for what you're blessing me with. And if we begin to have that perspective, because here's the thing. Really what changes the way you see things is how you speak about it. That's when it begins to change. When you begin to speak life, when you begin to speak truth, when you begin to speak what God has promised you, that's when your perspective begins to change. When you begin to say things that line up with how God is telling you to say things, that's when things begin to change. When you begin to speak the word of God over your life, when you begin to say I'm the head and not the tail, I'm above only and not beneath. I know that I have been called, I am a royal priesthood, I am, I am. God's chosen nation, and we begin to speak God's truth over your situation, it begins to change the way you see things. Try it out. There's homework for tonight. Try this out. That person, that situation, whatever it is that you talk so negatively about, begin to speak positively about it. Begin to say, find it. You'll find it. Don't worry. You'll find something good. (laughs) Find that thing. Even if it's just one thing out of a million things that are wrong, find that one thing right, and begin to say, God, I thank you that that is that in that situation whatever it is begin to thank god for it and i guarantee you i guarantee you it'll begin to change how you view that person things will begin to change how you view your marriage things will begin to change how you view your job when you begin to say god you know what i don't like my job but i'm thankful that i have a job amen (laughs) god you know what if things don't seem like my business going great, but God, I thank you've given me my business. And begin to say what is good and what is great and what God has blessed you with. And your perspective will begin to change. All of a sudden now you're beginning to view things with a, with a sense of joy and confidence. And now you're walking around knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing that God is for you. And that if God is for you, then who can be against you? Amen. Come on, if you believe that, give Jesus a hand, clap of praise. You can stand to your feet. I'm closing tonight. See, what's powerful about God's perspective is it really doesn't matter what's stacked against you. It really doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to conspire, what weapon he's trying to form. It doesn't matter what insecurity has a grip of you. With the right perspective, through the lens of what the word of God says about you, there really is nothing that the enemy can hold over you. There really is nothing that the enemy can try to convince you of with the right perspective, speaking what God has promised you and spoken over your life, when you have the right perspective, it really gives you the advantage over every weapon, over every enemy. It gives you the advantage. Why? Because now, instead of getting lost in the front lines and being confused about what reality really is, now you're seeing things from an elevated perspective. And you're saying, wow, I really see God's plan. Wow, I really see God's power. Wow, I really see that God really has the advantage, that God really has the ability to overcome anything that the enemy tries. It gives us the advantage. And this was, is what Paul was telling the church in Rome in Romans 8.31. He was telling this church in Rome who, they weren't Jewish, They or some of them were, but most, most of them were Gentiles. And he's trying to explain to them who maybe didn't know about the power of God. Because you got to remember, most of these people in the church of Rome, they didn't grow up listening to the stories about how Yahweh parted the Red Sea. They didn't grow up listening to the stories about how the God of Israel sent the 12 plagues. They didn't grow up learning about the power of God. And so Paul was trying to... Give them insight about what they're going through. Give them insight about what they're coming against. We'll Give them insight about what type of God they serve. And he says this in verse 31. He says, what then shall we say to these things? To the things that seem like they're too big or things that seem like they're too great for us, that they have us outmatched and outnumbered. He says, if God is for us, my ever say for us, then who can be against us? Was saying, it doesn't matter. Fill in the blank. Fill in the pro- blank of what problem you're going through. Fill in the blank of the insecurity you have. Fill in the blank of whatever you feel like is outnumbering you, outmatching you. Fill in the blank. And if you just ask yourself this question, hey, is God for me? And if that answer is yes, then who can be against you? No problem can be against you. I want to close with this thought. is that if God... Is with me, then I already have the victory. If God is with me, then I already have the victory. And when perspective changes, it's when we begin to to speak over life, speak life over our our situation, over our problems, and. So really what perspective I want us to take tonight is say, God, if you're with me, then I have victory over my addiction. God, if you are with me, then I have victory, God, over my depression. God, if you are with me, then I know I have victory, God, over every lie, over every weapon of the enemy. God, my perspective is this. Is it the problems I see? Is it the things stacked against me? My, My perspective isn't seeing how small I am and how big my problems are. No, my perspective is saying, God, if you are for me. Then I already have the victory. Then I know that I'm going to get through this. I know that you're going to lead me. I know you're going to take care of me. I know you're going to provide for me. Why? Because that's my perspective. And there's going to be coming times in life to where you're going to have to fight for your perspective. You're going to have to say, God, it's hard for me to see the good in this. It's hard for me to see the victory in this. It's hard for me to see how you're going to be able to overcome these problems, to overcome these things I'm dealing with. But, God, I choose to fight from my perspective. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to give up on what, God, you promised me. Instead, I'm going to have the perspective that I have victory in the name of Jesus. I have the perspective that greater is for me than those against me. I have the perspective that I know. And if I just listen to you, God, if I just obey you, if I just follow after you, you're going to lead me into victory. Amen. Come on, we head bowed, eyes closed? What I want us to pray tonight is for God to open up our eyes. For God to begin to open up our eyes to his perspective. So that way we can begin to see life through his perspective. So that way we can begin to see things the way that he has called us to see things. God really does want to transform our lives. And a lot of times it happens by transforming how we see things, by transforming how we view things, by transforming how we see people, how we see our situation, how we see our job. God, God really wants to transform your job, but it's going to happen by transforming the way you see your job. God really wants to transform your marriage, but it's going to start by, by transforming how you view your marriage. God, open up our eyes. Come on, everybody just place your, keep your hand on your eyes. Say, God, open up my eyes. God, open up my eyes to any situation. God, open up my eyes, Father, to anything that I'm seeing, God. Open up my eyes, God. This begin to pray over your mind. Let's begin to pray over your situation and say, Father, I thank you for opening up my eyes, God. God, to anything that the enemy is conspiring, Father. I thank you Jesus. I thank you Jesus. Come on with every hand lifted. Come on with every with every hand lifted, just begin to worship God. Begin to give him praise. And the greatest way to change your perspective is to praise Lord Jesus, to see him promises and his praise that, that they're yes and amen. Just begin to worship God and their perspective will begin to change. Come on, begin to worship him tonight. Come on, let's sing together.